Here's another inspiring message from Northside Community Church, Sydney. Our Bible reading today is from Ruth chapter 1, verses 11 to 18. But Naomi said, Return home, my daughters. Why would you come with me? Am I going to have any more sons who could become your husbands? Return home, my daughters. I'm too old to have another husband. Even if I thought there was still hope for me, even if I had a husband tonight and then gave birth to sons, would you wait until they grew up? Would you remain unmarried for them? No, my daughters. It is more bitter for me than for you because the Lord's hand has turned against me. At this they wept aloud again. Then Orpah kissed her mother-in-law goodbye, but Ruth clung to her. Look, said Naomi, your sister-in-law is going back to her people and her gods. Go back with her. But Ruth replied, don't urge me to leave you or to turn back from you. Where you go, I will go, and where you stay, I will stay. Your people will be my people, and your God, my God. Where you die, I will die, and there I will be buried. May the Lord deal with me, be it ever so severely, if even death separates you and me. When Naomi realised that Ruth was determined to go with her, she stopped urging her. Good morning, church. Well, today we're kicking up a whole new series called Inspired By. Now, Adrian, do I have a little table? Thanks, buddy. Um, I thought we'd look at um, different people from the Old and New Testament, men and women. Oh, where's my little round one? I like the little round one. Not today. Um, this works pretty well, actually. Um, it's just less cumbersome than the other one. Don't worry. Um, <laughs> um, so for the next five weeks, we're going to look at some men and women from the Old and New Testament, men and women who have lived lives of faith, ones that we can look to as inspirations um, of, of what it means to be a lover of God, a believer, and a, and a follower of God. And you know, there are wonderful men and women that we can look to um, as, as models for us, uh, even though we live you know, 2,000 years later. They, they are inspirations. And so today, uh, we're going to explore Ruth, one of the women that I'm really inspired by. And then next week, Emily is going to explore Mary, uh, the mother of Jesus. And then I'm going to come back and explore Peter, that crazy apostle. Um, then gonna, I'm going to dive into the Old Testament at a guy called Enoch. And then Barry's going to close out the series in, uh, in, on the fifth week. And he's going to look at, uh, I think it's Joseph from the Old Testament, the patriarch. So uh, a good spread of men, women, Old, New Testament. And I hope that, I hope that at least one of these, one of these uh, legends of their faith will at least inspire you, maybe in the season that you're in right now. You know, maybe there's, there's a theme that comes out in, from one of these men and women who really inspire you um, in your faith. Richard Foster wrote a classic book called Celebration of Discipline. And in it, he writes this word, uh, this sentence. He says, superficiality is the curse of this age. Superficiality is the curse of 
of this age. And, and I think the message of Ruth speaks into that. The great theme of the book of Ruth is the theme of loyalty. And I'd like to propose to you this morning that, that, that loyalty is the antidote to superficiality. That if we want to seek a life of deep meaning and not superficiality, we will seek to live a life of loyalty. And, and I'd like to explore that a little with you. Now, many of us might have cards in our pocket. Oh, look at this. Oh, it just happened to be there. <coughs> who's got loyalty cards in their handbag? Okay, now I want you to go in there and start counting. See who's got the, let's see who's got the most amount of loyalty cards today. What do you reckon? Um, I've, got, I've, got, um, I've got Boost Juice loyalty card. I've got Rebel. I've got uh, King Come and Mighty 10. REI, which is a great camping shop over in the States. Uh, the base, which is a, uh, a snow sport place down at Jindabyne. Um, Empire Bay Tavern, I, I get cheap beers for that one. Um, Paddy Pallon, and of course Cheeky Charlie's, because if you get eight copies, you get a free one. Um, and no doubt you've got similar loyalty cards, right, in your pocket or your handbag. Um, how many do you have? Two, four, six, 20, 32. Okay, can anyone beat Catherine? 32 loyalty cards. And you've got them all on your phone. I've got to carry these. Like, I've got like... You are with the times. Okay, we'll meet later. <laughs> we will talk. 32. So no, no one beats 32. All right, Catherine, you win. You win. You win. <laughs> there might be someone tonight who beats you, but at the moment you win. Um, and businesses know that loyalty cards work. That's why... They give them out, right? That's why they send you an app now that you can have a loyalty card with, apparently. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm, really, I'm, really, I'm really quite behind the times, aren't I? I am, I am. Now, loyalty cards work because every time you choose to stay loyal to a business, you're making a decision to say no to another business, right? If I have a Mitre 10 loyalty card and they offer me 10% off, even though they probably charge me 30% more than Bunnings, um, <laughs> I'll go there because I'll save 10%, right? Um, we say no to some things in order to say yes to, to, the, to, the, to, to the company that we're loyal to. So let's, let's dig into this story um, in the book of Ruth. And can I encourage you this week? Look, it's only four chapters long, this book. It's a tiny little book. And can I encourage you this week just to spend 15 minutes and just read the book of Ruth? Just read it as a narrative, as a story, and just see how God speaks to you through the book of Ruth. But what I've discovered as I've done that is that, is that the book of Ruth really inspires me to pursue this quality of loyalty. You see, it's a story of, of a lady called Naomi, and she marries a guy called Elimelech. And Naomi and Elimelech have two sons, Marlon and Kilion. They live in Bethlehem, a town where a little later, maybe 600 years later, we find Jesus being born. And a famine struck Bethlehem on that side of the Jordan. So Elimelech and Naomi decide to go across the Jordan into the area called Moab um, and because it had a greater rainfall on that side. 
And so they went over there with their two sons and they raised Marlon and Kilion on, on, in the area of Moab. And while they were over there, the sons got a bit older and obviously fell in love with some local girls. And so they married. So Marlon and Kilion married Oprah. Did you know that? Uh, do, do, you want a, do you want a digression? A little digression? A little digression. Um, Oprah Winfrey's real name is Orpah. On her birth certificate, it's Orpah, but um, I, only, I only read that on... I heard something about it, so, but I, I, went on, I went on the net and, just, and, and did some research. So, so on her birth certificate, it's, it's Orpah, because her mother was inspired by the book of Ruth. Um, and, but then every time they wrote her name, they mis- misspelled it to, to Oprah. So on every other document, her name is Oprah, but a birth certificate is Orpah. So, so Elimelech and Naomi had Marlon and Kilion, two sons. The two sons married Orpah, not Oprah, and Ruth. And they, and they lived nearby each other and they, and they, were, they got married and they were, they were, they were um, living as a, as a wider family. Now, something happened. The, the book doesn't tell us what happened, but... Can I just add some poetic license here? I, I just I can imagine one scenario might be that Elimelech drops over one Saturday morning and says to Marlon and Killian, mate, the trout are on. Let's hit the the lake and um and we're gonna get a good feed tonight. And so um Elimelech and Marlon and Killian maybe go out fishing and they're catching a massive lot of trout and all of a sudden a storm comes up and they try and get in, the boat goes over and sadly they didn't have their life jackets on, so they drowned. Something happened, some tragedy happened where, where Elimelech and Marlon and Kilion died. And so all of a sudden Naomi was faced with the incredible tragedy of losing her husband and her two sons. Now could you just imagine that? Imagine the emotion you'd be going through from losing your husband and your two sons. And so then we find her you know, left with her two daughters-in-law, right? Orpah, not Oprah, and Ruth. And so Naomi decides, well, it's best for me to go back to my people, back to back over the Jordan to, to Bethlehem and where my, where my family is. Obviously incredibly grieving. And so she says to, to, to Ruth and to, and to Orpah, why don't you girls just go back to your families too? You go back and, and look, you're young, you'll, you'll remarry, you've still got your lives ahead of you. You girls just go. But Ruth replied, Don't urge me to leave you or to turn back from you. Where you go, I will go. Where you stay, I will stay. Your people will be my people and your God, my God. Where you die, I will die and there I will be buried. May the Lord deal with me, be it ever so severely, if anything but death separates you and me. Wow. Wow. How do you respond to those words when you hear them? 
You know, Naomi must have been incredibly, incredibly devastated, losing her husband and her two sons. Ruth lost her young husband. But in looking at her mother-in-law, realising the incredible loss that she has experienced, decides in that moment that I'm going to stay loyal to my mother-in-law. I can't imagine her going back to her hometown and going on in life on her own. And so she makes this decision to stay with her. See, she makes a decision for loyalty. How would you describe loyalty? Been thinking about this a bit. And I think loyalty is when we choose meaning over freedom. It's when we choose meaning over freedom. See, she had the capacity for freedom to go back to her, her village and free to do whatever she wanted to do, marry whoever she wanted to marry. But instead, she chose loyalty. She chose a life of deep meaning because in relationships, there is meaning. You know, I've been visiting recently a la- uh, an elderly lady in our congregation here who can't get to church very often. Um, she's got terminal cancer. And I tell you, when I go and visit her and spend an hour with her, there is such meaning. Do you get what I'm talking about? That sense of doing life with someone at a deep level. There's something that an hour at the pub with a few superficial mates just can't, can't, can't equal. So she chooses a life of deep meaning. Now, when we get married, we choose choose meaning over freedom. We choose to commit ourselves to one person for the rest of our life. And God willing, because it always takes two parties, I understand that. I don't want to be superficial about marriage. I know the challenges of marriage. But but given that both parties are are desiring the same end, and that is a a long marriage, devoted marriage, now, there is deep meaning that comes from a, from a, from a, from a marriage of longevity. And, and when we choose to get married, and I think it's only, what, three weeks' time that Emily and Nick will be getting married, three weeks on, Saturday, on yesterday. How exciting for, uh, for Emily and Nick. And what they'll be doing is they'll be making a decision for meaning over freedom. Right? They're making a decision for, if you like, accountability over autonomy. They're making a decision for, for faithfulness. They're making a decision for, for responsibility over flexibility. You know, they're, they're choosing a life now of, of meaning in, in devoting themselves to, to the other for the rest of their life. And every time we enter into marriage, that, that's our choice. It's a choice to be loyal to that person for the rest of our life. See, loyalty always chooses meaning over freedom. And there's a cost to loyalty, right? The cost is exclusivity, commitment, lack of flexibility. But it comes with meaning. 
And loyalty is also an expression of character. And we know that character always impresses people. If, if you have a mechanic who is incredibly, um, um, you know, has, has high character, incredibly trustworthy and loyal to you as a customer, you will, you will always go back to that person, right? You are going to reward character. In fact, you'll even probably hand their business card around to others. We, we, we reward those with character. And Ruth's loyalty displayed her character. And, and that character was noticed. So Naomi moves back to her hometown, uh, across the Jordan, back to near Bethlehem. I'm not sure exactly where. Um, and then, then you know, Ruth goes over with her uh, around her wider family. And in her wider family, someone notices. See, loyalty is always noticed. Character is always noticed. And so this guy called Boaz is a relative. And he says, Boaz replied, I've been told all about what you've done for your mother-in-law since the death of your husband. How you left your father and mother and your homeland and came to live with a people you did not know before. He'd heard about Naomi's, sorry, about Ruth's story, about her loyalty to Naomi. And he was impressed. It's a bit like footballers these days, isn't it? They're very loyal to their teams and their codes, aren't they? <laughs> now, where's loyalty gone, right? Amongst our sports people, especially our footballers. They will, they will switch teams. They'll even switch codes. Why? Money. So you could say they're trading loyalty for luxury, right? They're trading loyalty for money. For, for They're choosing freedom over meaning. I imagine there would have been great meaning for a footballer back a while ago where they, they served the one football team from their very first you know, game as a kid right to the end of their career. I was always playing for Parramatta. I reckon there would be great meaning for those sort of players in the sport. But these days, people don't tend to choose loyalty or meaning. They choose, they choose freedom. They can be bought by any club if they can pay the right money. But you see, loyalty isn't swayed by money. Loyalty isn't swayed by opportunity or emotion or FOMO, fear of missing out. It's much, much deeper. Loyalty is an expression of perseverance. And we know that Paul talks about perseverance. There's perseverance um, you know, not only so, but we also glory in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance and perseverance, character and character, hope. And it goes on. Paul understood that that loyalty is an expression of character. And in fact, in Paul's own life, we know that once, once he met Jesus, he became incredibly loyal to Jesus. And, and in fact, what's the highest form of loyalty? I think the highest form of loyalty, like top of the tree. I reckon martyrdom. Hmm. Giving up your life 
for what, for the, for, the, for, for the person that you're loyal to. You'll see you know, stories of, of people diving in front of their loved ones when there's, when there's something dangerous coming. Well, Paul chose meaning over freedom. I'm sure they would have let him out of that jail in Rome. If he denied Jesus, he could have gone. He could have chosen freedom. But instead he chose the meaning that comes from being identified with Jesus. He chose loyalty. In Ruth 3, if you, if you get to chapter, chapter 3 this week, you'll, you'll find a scene where Naomi give, is giving Ruth advice and she simply said, and Ruth's response is, I will do whatever you say, Ruth answered. Just this little, this little response that when you read, it's like, wow. Could you imagine saying that? I will do whatever you say. Now, I know the dangers of that in controlling relationships, and there could be a whole host of scenarios where that mightn't be the safest thing to say, right? I, I get that. But could we imagine saying that? To God, I will do whatever you say. Now, that's what we see Mary saying, isn't it? Next week, Emily will be preaching about Mary, the mother of Jesus. And when she just said, you know, your will, not my will, God. May it be to me as, as, as you have said. I will do whatever you say. What does our Lord look like? How is it expressed? Well, we know that one of the fruits of the Spirit is faithfulness. And I think faithfulness and loyalty are very, are very closely tied. What does, it, what does it mean for, what, what, what would it mean for God to say to us, you know, well done, good and faithful servant, like he said to that servant? Now, loyalty has its rewards. Catherine, wherever she goes, pretty much any store she walks into, she's going to get a reward, guaranteed. Five percent off, ten percent off. <laughs> buy one get one free. Uh, buy eight get one free. <laughs> um, loyalty cards have have their rewards, right? That's why we we have them in our pockets. That's why I'll after today have them on my phone. <laughs> Blowers, uh, Boaz blesses Ruth for her loyalty. He 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 says this: May the Lord repay you for what you have done. May you be richly rewarded by the Lord, the God of Israel, under whose wings you have come to take refuge. See, Boaz blesses Ruth because he recognises that loyalty is, is to be treasured and loyalty you know, will have its, its rewards. And as the story unfolds, as you, as you read Ruth this week, you'll discover that, that Boaz ends up falling in love with Ruth. It's a love story. And he ends up becoming her uh, kinsman redeemer, it's called. It's uh, the, 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 the male who will, who will take the place of the, of the husband who, who's died. And so he marries Ruth. And you know, you know, the, the story of Ruth doesn't end in the book of Ruth. What I love about this story is it actually ends about five or six hundred years later in the book of Matthew. Because in the book of Matthew, 
chapter 1, we pick up the lineage of Jesus. And it says, Salmon, the father of Boaz, whose mother was Rahab. So Boaz's mother was that legend Rahab. Boaz, the father of Obed, whose mother was Ruth. Obed, the father of Jesse. Jesse, the father of King David. And we know that through King David came Jesus. So this young girl called Ruth from Moab, she could have chosen freedom over meaning. She could have chosen to, when her husband died, she could have chosen to go off with her family. But instead, she looked at Naomi and saw the incredible pain that she must have been in. And she chose the meaning that comes from devoting her loyalty to her mother-in-law and going and moving to her land, her people, her God. She never would have guessed that that decision of loyalty would have had so much meaning, pregnant with meaning, that decision that she ended up being a part of the lineage of the saviour of the world. Isn't that incredible? See, loyalty has its rewards and we may never know. She, she never knew in her lifetime. But whenever we choose loyalty, we are choosing a life of deep meaning. And I think Richard Foster's right. I think superficiality is the curse of our age. So how are we going to push back against superficiality? How are we going to rise up and be a people that stand out? How, how are we going to be the salt of the earth and the light of the world? By choosing not a life of superficiality, but a life of deep meaning. And one of the ways that we do that is that we choose a life of loyalty. So that when, 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 when we make friends with people, especially those who aren't Christians or don't believe in God, they find in us a friend that is so loyal that they've never experienced it before. That when we, they look at our marriages, and I, I get that marriages takes, takes two. I, I get the complexity of marriage. But when as Christians and as we, as we seek to, 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 to honour the marriage vow and as we seek to live into that loyalty towards one another with all the, with all the challenges that that has. You know, when we, when we look at marriages around us in our church and we see those who've been married 30, 40, 50, do we have any who have been married 60 years plus? There you go. I bet there must be incredible meaning as you look back over 60 years together. You've chosen a life of meaning, not superficiality. What will it look like for us to, to devote ourselves even more to loyalty to the one that we've chosen to marry? What, what can that look like in the practical ways? This week, what could your loyalty to your spouse how could that be expressed this week? How about the week after? How, how, can, how can our loyalty towards our friends be expressed this week? You know, sometimes it's the way that we don't express. It's the way that we, don't, we choose not to talk about people behind their back. It's the way we choose not to gossip about others that we're displaying our loyalty. 
as much as what it is that we do say? How can we express our loyalty to our workplace? How can we express our loyalty to our church? You know, do you know there's no perfect church? I just want, I just want you to let in on a secret. Now, I've been a pastor for nearly 30 years and I have met people who have come and gone over those years and there seems to be this proliferation of people looking for the perfect church and you will never find it. You know, if you're not happy with Northside right now, you know what? You won't be very happy with the next one in a few years' time either. That's pretty much a guarantee. Because we're just not going to find a perfect church because we're imperfect people. But there's something about choosing a community to belong to over the long haul. Choosing a community of people that you're going to do life with thick and thin. When things are fantastic and when things really Probably can't swear in church. But things are really bad. And sometimes churches go through those seasons too. But there's some deep meaning and significance from being able to do life with others in rich and deep and authentic, transparent community <coughs> that you would never want to exchange. That you will never gain if you choose superficiality of just church shopping. You know, every two years, just go to another church looking for the perfect church. And you find, you know, and I've, I've met people who've been doing that for literally decades. And yet they still haven't developed deep, meaningful relationships. So what, is it, what, what, what can it look like for us to, to be even more loyal to the community that we've chosen to be a part of? The imperfect church. That Northside is, as every other church is. Loyalty. It's a game changer. It moves us from a life of superficiality to a life of meaning. And Ruth inspires me. The way that she just chose to communicate such deep loyalty to her mother-in-law. to forsake her own freedom for the sake of a life of deep meaning. And in that process, she was incredibly blessed in return, wasn't she? Beyond what she could ever imagine. There's no recipe for blessing. I'm not giving you any recipe for blessing. I'm just saying that blessing tends, tends to follow those who display character and loyalty. And, you know, we're going to have communion now. And what a wonderful moment to have communion, to, to remember and honour the one who was so loyal to us, who in the Garden of Gethsemane, he could have chosen freedom, right? He could have chosen to walk. But what did he say to his father? Not my will, but your will. He chose to walk to the cross. He chose meaning the meaning that came from giving his life for us so that us 2,000 years later might receive salvation and eternal life. What a gift we've received because we follow a saviour who is so loyal to us. Let's pray. Jesus, we're in honour of you. We are in awe of you for the loyalty that you displayed to your Father and to us in the Garden of Gethsemane.
you chose to give your life for us as an ultimate act of love. And this morning, Jesus, we want to honour you and we want to remember you with these elements. And Jesus, may you also inspire us in the way that we live our lives, that rather than living superficial lives, that we would live similarly, lives of deep meaning. And as we can see from Ruth, loyalty is one of the great aspects of what it means to to live a life of meaning. And so I pray, Jesus, that you would challenge us, that you would show us in practical ways what it means for us just to grow in our loyalty towards one another and towards you. And Jesus, you are our inspiration. We love you. Amen. For more info and all the latest Northside news and events, visit northsidechurch.org.au or download our app today.